I've got this, priv- this incredible privilege again this morning to uh, kind of wrap up this year. How's that, hey? Jeez, that's a great, the last sermon of 2020. Woo! <laughs> um, and, and it's an all-exclusive one because the story of Jesus is an all-exclusive story. Um, I don't know how, um, if you have ever been in a situation where you, you're a group of people, a whole host of people, and they didn't necessarily come to, to play sports, but you kind of are pushed, to, pushed together and you get two team captains, and then these two team captains have to select teams. Whether they're going to be 10 aside or 20 aside, doesn't matter. And you often see that the people that are keen on playing and are, and are perhaps good at sport, they're like, yeah, pick me, I'm ready, I'm ready, pick me, pick me. Uh-huh. The others are like, I don't know, I was going to be in for this thing. They kind of hang around the back and like, uh, actually, if you don't want to pick me, I'm fine. And then like, there's like four or five people right at the end, left, and you're one of them. You're like, oh, I don't know why you need to pick me. Please don't pick me because you want to be excluded, isn't it? You know, I've, we find it in church on Sundays too. You know how? The front row. often been to a meeting where the front row, by the way, if you just look at the open seats, are mostly in the front row this morning again. Just, I didn't even put it out there or rehearse it. It just happens like that. We always prefer to be kind of like at the back, isn't it? It's like, no, don't pick me. I'm, I'm fine where I am. I just don't necessarily want to be ex- included. And, and particularly the younger people like, like Clive and his family and, and Kilton and his family, they they prefer to sit at the back because they, they're the younger generation. They don't want to be picked, eh? <laughs> uh, you sit at the back, I'm going to pick on you. Uh, you sit in the front, I'll leave you alone. You see? And um, the point is, is that there are things in life that we want to be included and there are things in life that we want to be excluded from. Just by nature, we, we prefer to not be picked. And, and the beautiful thing about this is that Jesus picks us no matter where we are, how good we are in a particular sport or not, how, how good we are necessarily. There's nothing good about coming to a church meeting, by the way. And there's no good at the front and bad at the back. Okay? Just want to clear that. We've often done this or said we should do it. That in a church meeting, instead of asking people to move to the front, you just take the front row away. Right at the beginning of the meeting. When everybody's taking their seat, you just take the front row away. And then suddenly there's an opening and then the second row is like, oh no, now I'm in the front row. I didn't plan for that. But the point is is that we like to often be excluded from things. But the Lord Jesus includes us. And, And sometimes he includes us against our own will. And we do have our own will, but he wants to include us. And the story about Jesus is this. That all along this whole event that took place, that many of you know the stories about. You know the names of the people uh that were all involved. I hope you do. If you haven't read that yet, there are two Gospels in the Bible of the four that talk about the events surrounding his birth. The one is Matthew. The other one is Luke. Great. Mark and John, they go straight into what Jesus started doing. But it's very interesting if you, if you um, read these two portions that, that point to the birth of Jesus, everything surrounding it, you find that he includes and the authors include incredible people, people that you and I wouldn't necessarily include. 
And so I want to look at that a bit this morning and just celebrate the fact that God includes everyone. So if you have your Bibles with me, you're going to go with me to the book of Matthew. And uh, we're not going to have a long time this morning. We just want to celebrate this inclusive God. And so we start with the history about Jesus. How many of you like history? No one. This side, oh, there's one hand, two, three. Gee, my goodness. So obviously most of you would not have read the genealogy. How many of you have read the genealogy of Jesus Christ and have studied it? There's a hand or two. Uh, None of you have really gone into it. This morning, because you have never gone into it, we're going to go into it. The last sermon of this year. Yeah, exciting stuff, eh? So you're going to remember this Christmas. The genealogy of Jesus. So here it is. It starts off with the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Everybody said? (laughs) You're not excited. It's like sometimes when you preach from from up here, you're like, yeah, we're going to talk about this. And everybody goes, hallelujah, amen. I read the genealogy like, you want me to say amen on this? Yeah, I want you. Because it's really good stuff. And I'll show you just now. Because even before the birth of Jesus, people were included in the story of Jesus. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing. And everybody said, oh, now you say amen. She's bad on you. <laughs> so anyway, it says, you have just a couple of characters that I want to highlight to you to show you what kind of people God includes in his story. To illustrate to you that all of us qualify to be included. If you had ever thought that you don't qualify to be included in the story of Jesus here on earth, this morning we're going to wipe that thought out completely and rewrite the the thought that you should have about God is an inclusive God. So he includes people like the following from the lineage of Jesus or the history line of Jesus that goes back many generations. He includes people like Abraham, who was a liar. Anyone ever lied? You're all lying now because you're not raising your hand. Now you all qualify immediately. Amen? (laughs) If you haven't raised your hand, that was a lie because all of us have lied. Correct? So God, Abraham, I can't tell you the detail of how and when he lied, but he lied about his wife not being his wife. That's a lie and a big, a big honor indeed, isn't it? It's like, men, don't lie that your wife is your wife. Okay? The point is this, even in lying, Abraham was included. It carries on. We read about a man who deceived his father. Who is he? Anyone? Jacob. Jacob deceived his father. He also lied to him, but he lied badly carries on. We don't have time to go through all of these characters. We read about a prostitute, a lady who was a Canaanite. She's not even a Jew. And she was just also a liar. And she was called Rahab. We read about her in verse 5 here. So her name is included in the lineage, in the story of Jesus. Amazing that God would say, you know, even those that have so far from me, and did things that are completely against me, I have the grace to bring forgiveness to them, to include them in my story. 
Mm -hmm. It carries on. It talks about David. David was an adulterer. It even brings in his wife that was the adulteress because she, yeah, in the Bible it says she's the wife of Uriah. She doesn't even have a name yet, but we know her name was Bathsheba. So here we have David, adulterer. We have the wife of Uriah, Uriah rather, um, called Bathsheba. They both included adulterers. Sure. People with mistakes. People with sins. Included in the storyline of Jesus. <laughs> David's son, womanizer. Thousand women. 700 of his own wives and 300 in a concubine. That's a thousand women. That qualifies as a womanizer. You don't think so? Huh? Sheesh. Anyone has had ever, you know, 700 wives ever before? You, you can't even think that far. I mean, 700 wives. That's amazing. I don't think it is amazing, actually. I mean, geez, the stress that that poor guy must have gone through. What is that, Lou? You say one wife is what? <laughs> anyway, and so the last guy that I want to mention here is a guy called Jeconiah. You see him in verse 12? You know him? You know, the Bible says that God cursed him. He was an evil king. And Jeremiah talks about him being cursed by God. And he's in the lineage of Jesus. He's part of the story of Jesus. All these people, they're like, oh my goodness, these guys are people that I wouldn't want to be part of my ancestry, but Jesus has. Point is this, actually gives hope to you and me. Because none of us are perfect. None of us are. So this all-inclusive God says, if I include people like this, thank God that I can be included. Thank God that I can be included in his story. And I know that many of these people had repented at times in their lives when they realized their sin and what they had done wrong, but still God includes them in his story. Because God never excludes. He came for all. And all would not necessarily always recognize him and, and serve him, but God wants to include all. And this morning, last sermon of the year is God wants to include you in his story for next year. Next year is full of uncertainty, but God has a story to write about you and with you and for you, and he wants to include you in his story. So don't think that you don't qualify, you're not good enough, because these men and women weren't good enough, yet God included them. Let's go into the actual event around the, the birth and, and things leading up to the birth of Jesus. Before the birth of Jesus, we see how he included. We, we see in the book of Luke again, we go there now. We were in Matthew. So why don't you just page with me to the book of Luke. And I want to just show you what kind of people he included. He includes here an old. Say with me, old. Be kind when you say that word, okay? Don't be nasty now. It says, an old, unbelieving man called Zechariah. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 8 to 20, it talks about this man who was a priest and, and, and he went into the temple to offer sacrifices unto the Lord. And an angel appeared to him and said, Zechariah, you're going to have a son. He's like, excuse me, angel. Have you not seen our ID documents? In South Africa, we have an ID document that indicates your age. 
the first six, six digits, eight digits of our ID, no, six digits of our ID number in South Africa indicates your, your age or your date of birth. Six, six, one, nine, nine, three, three. <laughs> and, and so the point is that there's this guy, an angel comes to him and he's like, you check my ID book. My ID book says I'm old. And old people don't have children. That's what normally don't happen. You know, we don't normally have children at an older age. And so he's like, we can't even have children. Never mind whatever we wanted. Did you see how old my wife is, he says to the angel. Angel's like, hey, don't talk to you. I talk about your wife like that. No, he didn't do that. Point is, is that they like, no, I can't believe that we could ever. This is the kind of person that God uses, an unbelieving old man. Simply doesn't believe. And what happens to him becomes mute. He's speechless. He can't speak. Because in his heart he didn't believe God. He eventually did give God glory. And, and, and when his speech returned, he said, this is going to be my son's name. You've got to name him John. But the point is he may have failed in a moment. But God still included him in his story. How many of you have failed before? Amen. I have. And praise the Lord, I never I didn't necessarily become mute because of my failure to believe him. I think all of us would have kind of walked around mute, isn't it? If it was every time that you don't believe God, we go, what's wrong with you again, Clive? You can't speak. <laughs> what did you not believe God for this time, buddy? Oh, really? God simply said, then you didn't believe it. Now imagine we were walking around like that. None of us would be talking. Some of you are like saying, oh, I wish my wife didn't have faith. No, that's not nice. That's not nice. She. That's not good. Point is this, that imagine God using a man like that. He didn't have faith in God, but God includes him in his story. And so there's hope for us, isn't it? Uh-huh. There's hope for you and me. 2021 is about to be written. And you and I are included in the story that God wants to write. And yes, we should have faith. There will be those moments possibly where our faith will become weak. But don't give up. He wants to include you in his story. He wants to. And praise the Lord for the things that these people set up here saying, this is what I trust the Lord for this coming year and, he, and her or his dream for us as a church. Believe that. Come on. We see another person that doesn't really qualify according to our standards. It's an old woman, shamed woman called Elizabeth. She's the wife of Zechariah that became mute because he didn't believe God. And this woman was barren. And all her, whole, all her years, she's never had the privilege of bearing a child. And the Bible says, or she says in verse 25, that because she believed that um, she will have a child, she says in her heart in verse 25, thus the Lord has done for me, Luke 1, 25, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach. Why was she shamed? Why was she, in a sense, disgraced by the people? Because a woman's identity and honor was found in the fact that they could bear a child. And if she was barren, in a sense, she had no worth. She was disgraced. 
And she said, well, the moment I fall pregnant, and the moment I have a child, this disgrace, this reproach will be lifted from me. She lived like that all her life with the shame on her. God said, I want to include people like that in my story. They'd walk around with shame on their lives. And this is what the world does to us. When we make an error and things go wrong, shame comes and sits on us. And we look at ourselves in the mirror with this shame that's covering us, with this reproach. What people say about us often defines us. But the Bible says when God comes and he includes you in his story, he lifts that shame. And that barrenness, a spiritual barrenness that we have, we can't produce anything, we have no hope, we have nothing to give, we think, is lifted when God says, I include you in my story when Jesus comes into your life and he lifts that shame. And so this morning, man, female, 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 young son, young daughter, young person, whatever it is, if you have lived with a shame upon your life for what you've done wrong and a barrenness that you've had and things that have not worked out, the Lord says, I want to include you in my story and I lift the shame from your life. And I say that over you and speak it over you that Jesus has come to do that. He's come to lift the curse of sin from our lives and given us hope. And so when you go into 2021, you can go with an, an, an expectation that you don't live under that shame and that cloud any longer because he wants to include you in his story we see how he includes a young teenage girl called Mary historians say that she was probably around about middle teenage years probably about 14 to 16 years old when an angel of the Lord came and appeared to her and said to her you are going to bear a son you're going to call his name Jesus. Imagine that. She's never had any experience of this. She doesn't know. She hasn't even been with her appointed husband, Joseph. And in her heart, she's like, wow, doesn't make sense. I, don't, I haven't been married yet. And the angel said, now this is how it's going to happen. She says, these very credible, amazing, profound words, just three of them. Just three of them that includes her in the history that you and I celebrate. She says, let it be according to your will, Father. How's that? You are included. You can be included in the story of Jesus and what he wants to do in Bulawayo, Zimbabwe, this world in 2021. When you say, let it be according to your will. Not because of my past, not because of my inexperience, not because of what I can or cannot do, but let it be according to your will. I don't deserve any of this. None of us do. None of us qualify to be involved in the story that Jesus is busy writing here on earth. But let it be. Let him use me in the way that he wants to use me. Let him do in my life that which he wants to do. Let it be. We see a young, humble man called Joseph that also didn't want to come into a context where his wife is pregnant and everybody is going to like, hey, buddy, 
Come on. Young teenage woman that he's betrothed to, betrothed to him, become his wife. Before they get married, she falls pregnant. And just a shame and a disgrace, an embarrassment. In actual fact, he had all the right to, to divorce her and to actually condemn her. But before God, the Bible says in, in Matthew, Matthew says, this Joseph was a righteous man. He chose the right thing. He didn't have all the qualifications. He didn't have any understanding of what it means to be a father. Here he has to be the father of a baby that's born to save the world. It's like, man, that's an awesome. It's already a big task to be a father of any baby. Now I've got to be the father of the son of God. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Every action that I'm going to do, I mean, I'm, Jesus, he's going to watch me. It's like, mm-mm, that's not what a father should do. I know I'm only five years old, Joseph. No, Jesus didn't do that. But this is how Joseph, this is how he's involved and drawn into this history, this story of the Savior called Jesus. He doesn't qualify. Actual fact, he didn't initiate none of this. It's kind of like it was just handed over to him, say, you know, Holy Spirit started all this. Take over, buddy. There you go. It's now yours. Your baby. <laughs> it's like, man, I, I like to initiate things, and then I like to carry the, the responsibility for what I started. I didn't start this thing. I'm prepared to take it. And so he becomes this adoptive father, willing to, to do what is given to him. And so many of us sometimes... We can be involved in the story of Jesus by accepting what God hands over to us. Say, hey, I want you to take over this in a very real way. We some often see parents adopting children and they're taking over somebody else's initiative and start. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take this over. But in other ways too, you take on responsibilities that weren't yours to start with, but God says, I, I want to include you in this story. And maybe 2021, there will be many of us that will be given responsibility that we didn't start with, but he's saying, I, I want to include you. I want to ask you to take over certain things. And so be available, be involved. And then, then at the birth of Jesus, this amazing thing in, in uh, chapter 2 of Luke, we see these guys out in the bush, in the field. They're just minding their own business. And they're looking after their sheep. And shepherds at that time... We're not people that um, were highly respected and um, honored. They're not really highly esteemed by the society. <laughs> they were marginalized by society. In actual fact, they weren't the people that when the king is born, they're going to rush to see the king because they ain't going to be allowed to see the king. But here we have a different king born. And God chooses men from out there that are marginalized in a sense, rejected. And he says, I, I want to include them in my story. I'm going to let my angels appear to them, to the shepherds. I mean, seriously. When a king, a future king is born these days, he ain't going to allow the shepherds to come and, you know, greet him and say, hey, where to go, king? Now, where are you, shepherds? You guys smell. I mean, you smell like sheep, huh? You're not going to come close to the king. But this king is different because he includes 
everyone. And so the Christmas story is this, that no one is excluded. Even those people that we would never include even those that we think of when we think about ourselves, I don't want, I don't qualify. When they want to select a team, I'm right at the back. Uh, I don't know how to play this game. It's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. Select the others. But Jesus says, I'll start at the back. I'll include the shepherds first. How's that? The first people that saw the Son of God here on earth in bodily form besides his parents with the people right from the back. And let's call the shepherds. Let's call those people that say, nobody really thinks of me. I mean, I'm not nobody. I'm just, just a shepherd. Jesus says, I'll include them. And God appears to them first. And so I want to encourage you today as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, but also as we look further, as we look particularly into this new year coming, that you know that there's a story being written that includes your life, regardless of what my past looks like, what my genealogy looks like, what my inexperience looks like, what my skills look like, what my sinful life looks like. Before God and in repentance before Him, I can be included in this beautiful story that God is busy writing here in Bulawayo through you. So don't exclude yourself because God doesn't. He includes you because he loves you and he sees value in you and he celebrates your life. That's why Jesus died because there's value. And so found yourself included. Let's pray.